everyone. Welcome back to the Rodcast, the Rodman Steele Studios podcast. I'm Emily Beatty. And I'm Rodman Steele. And you've seen both of us before many times, but today is a special version of the Rodcast. We are doing our instructor intro for Rodman Steele himself. It's great, and I have a lot of questions for you. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I've got all the questions for you. So oh, yes. It's maybe about at me. the it's end. It's about me. It's about me. Yes, yeah, it's about you. Maybe Wait, so do I get to interview you? Uh, you yeah, or whoever has that. free time. Okay, whoever has yeah. free time. Awesome. Maybe cool. I'll get Griffin to interview me. Just yeah. so that it's, there's more variety. I, I like him more, we'll too. <laughs> yeah, I like him more than you. Well, we'll see. But, Let's go. So anyways, we've, we've been doing a series where we're, we're talking to all of our instructors, hearing about their musical story, their uh, different things they've done with music, and it's been super fun so far. And today... We're tackling you, Rodman Steele. Let's do it. The namesake of the Rodman Steele Studio. Let's go. Let's go. So, let's start by asking the simple question. What is it that you do here at the studio? Well, I founded the studio, so I do, of course, the what I call the administrative work, which is all the things that, oh, are my favorite things to do in the <laughs> world. I do the accounting. I sit down and I have meetings with people all the time. I plan the future of the organization, I interview people, and then of course my favorite part is I also teach and I perform. Uh, I teach a lot of students at the studio, I mean that's how the studio began was me just teaching students and then growing out and hiring more teachers so that I could have more of me's uh, and teach more students at the same time without having to be there, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And have people that are better than me. That was the whole point of when I started this organization. I, you know, you hear that, you know, oh, you know, always find people that are better than you. And I have sure done that. Everyone around me is so much better than me. And it's awesome, it rocks. I'm getting guitar lessons from my guitar teachers. So, so I, I teach and then I do all the, all the uh, administrative and stuff like that, the mm -hmm. planning. And so uh, you teach guitar and voice? I teach That's guitar correct. and voice mm -hmm. and bass guitar when we didn't have bass instructors. Okay. And music production for students that want music production training. Okay. Uh, performance skills and music theory. Okay. Of course, you know, we're teaching theory. Yes. Running the honors program. A lot of things. Yeah, A lot absolutely. of things going on, which is not unusual. A lot of our other instructors end up doing a lot of things. Um, but especially Rodman, because he's uh, the uh, captain of the ship. There we so, go. let's rewind back in time. What okay. is one of the first musical memories that you have? Mm. I come from a very musical family on my mother's side. Way, from way back in the day, just to go all the way back, my great aunt was a world star fiddler. Wow. Yes, she was. Uh, and a little bit even like kind of before the age of re popular recorded music, but wow. we have some records of her mm -hmm. called Ruby Almond, uh, best fiddler fiddler player in the world and a little guitar. Mm -hmm. In which she played um, you know, fiddle and she played this beautiful Telecaster, you know, from from back in the day too, uh, that she that she she picked up after playing fiddle. That's where we go back to. But she played with Bob Wills and things like that. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I know, and I love me some Bob Wills. So, and then, but from my personal experience, you know, I knew her, but I never played with her. Mm -hmm. she, she was around in the very young years of my life. But my mother plays piano and sings. She didn't do it professionally, but that's, that's what she does. Her mother plays piano and still plays piano well. 
And then my mom's two brothers, my two uncles on my dad's sides, are both professional musicians. Um, and they, so many of the most influential pieces of art and experiences I've had have, at the end of the day, come from my uncles. Uh, whenever we would have gatherings for Christmas and stuff, even at like my earliest ages, we would have jam sessions uh, with all my family. I, I remember one when I was really little, and I think one of the, I remember I have a memory of it, but there's also a picture of it where my uncle Dylan, who his main instrument you could say is double bass. One time when I was really little, you know, single digit age, you know. I think probably between five and ten, he had him and some of his friends over at my mom's house playing music. One of them, can't remember his name, but he was Kelly Clarkson's drummer. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so and funny. He was sitting. He was sitting on the floor playing playing bongos, and um, Dylan was playing double bass, and they also had a violinist who I think was playing more of a fiddle style. Mm-hmm. And my uncle put tape on some of the piano notes. On the strings? Uh, he put tape on the strings inside the piano. No, he put tape on the keys. Oh, okay. He I put, was about he, to be like, wow, that's, no, he, uh, he, that's he, he put He put tape on the keys and had me sit down at the piano and said, just play these notes. Mm-hmm. And that, that was one of my earliest jam sessions. And then as we kept growing up, you know, I started playing instruments and we had, you know, family gatherings where we'd have jam sessions. And it would all end... You, my part of them would always end with me being so frustrated because they were all so much better than me. Yes. And then I'd run upstairs and then I'd go practice. Mm-hmm. And that was big inspiration for me just to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like really good. My hands do what I want. All the practice paid off. It did. It's if like, I want something to happen, I can make it happen. I can. I yeah. can. I can play drums if I want to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. I've never played a drum, but I can play drums. So th- that my family brought me a lot of my earliest musical experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I did the thing where you take piano for a few years, mm-hmm. and then I didn't. Mm-hmm. the The first biggest instrument that I took, in terms of influence, was I took cello when I was in middle school. Okay. And my middle school orchestra teachers were definitely the first budding mentors that I ever had that mm-hmm. in terms of nurture the first people to really nurture you know personally my love of music mm-hmm. and my first love was classical music too yeah. from back in the day their names were Miss Seaver and Mr. Grill and they're awesome fantastic she was a Juilliard wow. uh, she was a Juilliard cellist and you know she you, you one of those people you had to like find that out but she was like a phenomenal I think both of them were probably Juilliard he was violinist she was cellist wow and and she kind of led the class, but she she was something else on the cello, and she was great at teaching, and she was funny, this tiny little frail lady, and she was so cool, you know. I remember one time walking into the class, and you know, she was a fantastic class classical person and a fantastic teacher, and she's like, hey, y'all heard? Have y'all heard this? And she goes on the cello, boom, 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 boom. And it was grills mm-hmm. from back in the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which, you know, she, she and she loved like Kanye, mm-hmm. you know? She she loved like contem- contemporary music. She loved the Cowboys, music things like that. Music was not limited. No, mm-hmm. uh-uh. She, she was a great, well-rounded musician um, and was a fantastic 
quite not choir teacher what do you call it orchestra director. orchestra orchestra director <laughs> do you want me to keep going what do you want so so I think we're getting a, f a feeling for like how your love for music kind of started. Mm -hmm. The question I'm wondering, I, I already know this. Okay. You ended up majoring in voice at yes. SMU. What was it that drew you to voice away from all these other instruments that you had dabbled with? That's, that's a great question. So first of all, when it came to my time in pop music, when I was in sixth, seventh, grade, something like that, I got my first bass guitar. And bass was my first like pop instrument. And that was that was my primary instrument, I would say, kind of s still in a way. That's the one, you know, I when I practice, I am most versatile at mm -hmm. and most, you know, adept at is the bass guitar. And how I learned the bass guitar was I, you know, I got an amp and it was an amp that you could plug in on an auxiliary cord. Mm -hmm. And I played Led Zeppelin two over and over until I could play all of it on mm -hmm. the bass. Okay. Yeah. It's dedication. Yeah, it and was. How old were you at this age? Uh, like twelve. Twelve. Yeah, okay. kind of thing. And, and and it's it's pretty funny looking back. I mean, w w what I knew is that one of my uncles, that Uncle Dylan, had taught me some pentatonic shapes. Mm -hmm. And Led Zeppelin two is just the blues. Like yes. everything is just the blues, basically on it. Um, and it's but there's some bass lines that are a little bit more complicated and it's funny looking back to where I learned them all on one string <laughs> you know like it's like oh because I was just finding the notes yes. I was just finding the notes where it's like oh you know obviously was more efficient doing it with, with a hand you know a certain hand mm -hmm. hand piece but no I just like learned and I just memorized the frets for uh, ramble on oh, uh, I was more of a theater kid growing up. My one of my a, a grandmother of mine, basically my grandmother's best friend, who you know was was really like a grandmother to me, was the theater teacher at the middle school, and then all through middle school, high school, theater was my primary love uh, of an art form. Mm -hmm. um, I loved Shakespeare. My my biggest mentor going through school was my theater teacher, Mr. Masters. Mm -hmm. I, when I was uh, coming out of my freshman year at, of high school, I learned that to, the musical was such a big deal, you mm -hmm. know, at the school. Yes. And if, you were, if they were going to give you good parts in the musical, even if you sang well, you had to be in choir mm -hmm. because they trusted you, mm -hmm. you know, if you were in choir. And they wanted kids in choir. So my sophomore year, I joined choir. And choir is my favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, I, you know, I all the way down to now I sing with the Dallas Symphony Chorus and it is, it's my favorite musical outlet. Being, singing in a group of people like that is my favorite, turned out to be my favorite thing in the world. And the whole reason I got into it was because I wanted to be able to get big parts in the musicals mm -hmm. at the school. Um, so then it comes to college and, and this is where you're asking, you know, so why'd you, why'd you choose choir? Well, first it came down to theater did I want to go to college for theater or did I want to go to college for music? Mm -hmm. And I chose music. I may have told you why. Do you know why I chose music over theater? I don't remember. The, the people are less dramatic, <laughs> honestly. Musicians, I would rather ha be surrounded by musicians than be surrounded by the theatricals. I mean, that's a good reason to pick music. It is. It is. I, I, I love my musician friends, um, you know. And there's, there's crazy musicians, but you it's make true. sure to surround yourself and, and only hire great musicians. And we have we only have fantastic 
really cool musicians at that this company. That is true. That is definitely true. Uh, but, you know, I, the, the, the field of drama tends to be a dramatic bunch. At least that's something that I learned in, in high school. Kind of so makes I was them like, good at what they do. It makes them good at what they do, yes. man. You know, kudos to them. I didn't have anything against them except mm-hmm. I didn't want to hang out with them. Uh, so, and then when I, when I came to choosing an instrument, the instrument that I was formally trained on the most was, was voice. voice because mm-hmm. that I did choir and, you know, went all the way to all state choir when I was a senior with terrible vocal technique. Oh, such terrible vocal technique. But I still enough to get last chair in uh, as a double, or not a double bass, a bass, bass two, two mm-hmm. in, in all state choir. So, yes. you know, I made it that far. And then I got into college and I got into the, the, all the colleges I wanted to with SMU being my number one mm-hmm. and just had the most phenomenal experience there studying voice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. You had a lot of musical experiences as a kid, growing up both in popular music and with classical music, right? You played yes. cello, you played bass guitar, you played guitar a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you were singing in choir as well. You were doing a lot of musical theater, that sort of thing. So I think we're getting a pretty diverse picture of all the things that you did leading up until you finished school. So tell yes. me, how did the band start? What was so that like? I, I joined a band in college my freshman year that w- really took off and was, was the best learning experience of all the things that have led me here in terms of understanding how to play with people, how to play in an ensemble, how to run a musical company, and what the music industry is like. We, mm. You know, we started just playing shows at Deep Ellum, you know, sort of thing, which expanded to like a residency at The Rustic for a while. And then we were playing in Colorado and having being hired to go out to Tennessee and then recording records in Austin. And even we recorded a record in Nashville, which was a very eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. into actually how the music industry works, which Mm -hmm. we can get into a separate time, but I learned so much and, and we really, that was the biggest learning experience I had, as I said, with, with what it's like to not just be a musician, but a music professional. Mm-hmm. The way that that started, the whole thing was the head of the band, the uh, singer and guitarist and songwriter was w- one of the most phenomenal musicians ever I've ever got to work with, Luke Nasser. Oh, I know Luke Nasser. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, church. We went to church, church together. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's awesome. He's awesome. And he was in a he was a business major that eventually, you know, wanted to always be a musician. He mm-hmm. eventually became a music minor and studied voice as well as a minor at at Meadow School of Music. He was in a musical acoustics class and found out that another there was another great musician in that class to play drums. And when you're a uh, you're a singer trying to make a band together and you hear there's a drummer, you cap on that. Yes. You know, <laughs> you go for that. And that was Jeremiah Jensen, who is our one of our premier drummers at the studio, one mm-hmm. of our best instructors who also yep. plays guitar and he's phenomenal. So they got together, started playing together. Luke, this was Luke's own story. This was Luke's own story, and I think it's a fun story. Luke was in a music history class. Really? He was an, He's a sophomore, 
and he's in he's in like music history one with a lot of like freshmen basically mm-hmm. because this is when I think he just started his music minor mm-hmm. and he's you know doing that thing that we all do looking around the class and being like man these guys look like goobers <laughs> you know hey, what these people are nerds you know what this 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 one guy looks kind of as we would say back in the day at this time chill this guy mm-hmm. looks chill mm-hmm. that guy was me and we start talking. So he like handpicked you to be in his band. Well, uh, we just started talking, and mm-hmm. oh, oh, we, we he thought I was chill, but then we joined an, uh, the acapella group on campus. Mm-hmm. The, the the two of us were in the acapella group on campus, and that's where we got to know each other. We fa- he found out that I played bass through his fraternity. He found someone that played guitar, and there was also this incredible uh, pianist that was studying business and music at Meadows. His name was Grant Wolf. We played at his wedding. One of the most phenomenal uh, people, musicians, and Christians I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So the band started as this five-piece band, and I played the bass. I was the worst musician in the <laughs> band. I was because I was never yeah. trained on bass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just taught myself bass from playing along to Led Zeppelin, basically. I never mm-hmm. had any lessons and stuff. I could get around. When I was in high school, I played bass in my high school band, and sure, I was the best best bassist back then because you're in high school mm-hmm. uh, but then you know the guitarist is a trained guitarist and he's incredible the pianist is just a shredder the drummer is a trained drummer and the vocalist is an ex- exceptional vocalist songwriter and a trained guitarist and drummer and I'm just there playing the bass but they kept me in the band uh, at least for a while <laughs> to see if ho- hoping that I would get better but you know why they, they kept me in the band I had the rehearsal space Ah, uh, they needed you. They were like, you were providing yeah, them something. Yeah, so, so they were mm. like, hey, you know what? He's kind of the weak link right now, but he has the rehearsal space. Uh, they couldn't kick you from no, the van uh-uh, and keep using uh-uh, the garage. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, from the moment that that band started, I started taking, uh, really taking bass seriously. Mm-hmm. I started taking bass lessons with a phenomenal bass instructor named Dwayne Heger, mm-hmm. who is one of the founding members of this band called Emerald Emerald City, mm-hmm. which is the premier like venue, event, wedding band in Dallas that has been around so long they played my prom and they played my mom's prom. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, th- the same bassist did. The uh, same people. Yeah, same people. Wow, yeah, that's cool. They're amazing. That's I mean, really talk cool. about versatile musicians. So I learned from Dwayne Heger for a while, and then I was able to manipulate my school curriculum where as a voice student I enrolled in something called advanced musicianship and 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 that which my first year I took that was just advanced year training it was it was phenomenal but then this the the next year I took it I took it with uh, one of the new professors there named Derek Horn who is one of my mentors and a phenomenal bassist and basically I got another bass lesson and piano lesson every week as well nice. so so I be, I became worthy of being in that band in a great in a great basis good good uh, I bet that was really empowering to like oh, start yeah. out so bad and work really hard mm-hmm. and get better to the point where you can just like have fun in the rehearsal instead of just being oh, stressed <laughs> it, well and the, and the thing was is that I wasn't sitting there thinking that I was the worst in the band or anything really? was, oh no oh, okay. I was just like man this is so fun <laughs> this is great but but there must have been a point where you realize like oh I, 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 I'm not doing very well but the, there was a point in which I just wanted to get better mm-hmm. I just wanted to get better yes 
Uh, and and that that showed my bandmates, you know, this this special kind of perseverance. Mm. And I, I remember, you know, I sang backup vocals in the band, and one time I, I remember saying this quote that w- I'm quoting myself, where where we're all playing together and playing bass and doing backup vocals is much harder than playing guitar and doing backup vocals. Yes, it sure. is because it's it's two different parts of your musical brain. Mm-hmm. Because the, you know, we could get into that later. I've just found, I've, and I've found with other bassists and stuff, it's just much more difficult to, to strum and sing versus to play a bass line and sing. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, so I was doing that and I was, I, you know, it was some time where I was having trouble lining, just getting my brain separated to sing a backup vocal and play the bass. And I, and I said something like, man, I'm having trouble with this, but you know, Sting does it, so I have to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and my bandmates were like, I like this guy. I like this guy. You know, for, for that to be his standard, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I have I, to be as good as Sting. I have to be. I, 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 still, be I, I must be as good as Sting. I must be as good as Sting. Uh, and and that that showed a lot of you know perseverance and character to my bandmates that yeah. you know obviously I still carry to this day. So that answers your question. It does answer question? my question absolutely. So the band started while you were in college. Yes. And do you still play with those guys now? So or? when when Jeremiah and Luke were the grade above me, mm-hmm. so. When their first year out of college, which was my senior year, we still played together and mm-hmm. stuff was getting really big. Mm-hmm. And then we all, and we had new band, band members in the band and mm-hmm. stuff like that because things change. Things were going great. We had just recorded in Nashville. We were playing gigs all over, had a really busy summer. And then we all sat down and the singer, Luke, just said, you know what? I want to go try. I want to go throw my dice in the, in the Nashville game, mm-hmm. you know, as as a songwriter and as a singer. And we were all like, "Okay, you got our blessing." It was mm-hmm. it was it was one conversation. It was nothing more than that. Yeah. And from that moment, that I just I had just graduated from college, and in my last two years of college, I discovered that I loved teaching. Mm. I just absolutely loved private instruction. So how did you get that exposure? Because did you major in vocal music education or vocal performance? I started when I came into school as a music ed BM Mm -hmm. and loved it. Wasn't my fit. Mm. My sophomore year moved to music therapy, tried out a music therapy Mm. BM. Incredible. Wasn't my fit. Yeah. So what I did was I actually moved to a BA of music, which okay. is which is yes. less requirements. You yes. still have a voice, so I more, still more probably electives and other. It, it, other and, and, yes, and so then so I I had a smaller I had a smaller degree program, mm-hmm. and then I was able to minor in the arts entrepreneurship and the management mm, and okay. and the songwriting minors. Okay, so did you do that arts entrepreneurship? degree because you had already decided to start the studio or was that just something you were interested that, that, in that's a great question mm-hmm. i started that degree because there there was some uh, you know the, it ended up being serendipitous but there was just some voice in my head telling me this is gonna be a 
helpful to you. Mm. This is going to be really important. Yeah. And it, it, SMU is one of the only schools that has this per, had this particular AMAE, Arts Management, Arts Entrepreneurship Program, okay. two separate minors that I both got. That, that was incredible. Um, and I, you know, I use that knowledge every day when I b- build my business and work this business. Mm-hmm. And it, it just so happened when, that I graduated and I saw so many people that w- had performance degrees or performance pursuits and were having a hard time or just giving up the moment that they, that they you know, flipped their, their hat off at yeah. graduation. Yeah. And I knew people that were doing private instruction at other schools and not having phenomenal times, mm. not having phenomenal pay. Yeah. So, and, and I, the way I started getting the, my first exposure to private instruction was I was asked just to be a vocal, a private vocal instructor for the young boys at the middle school, Highland Park Middle School. Okay. And I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. And then I was asked to do it at a, a Richardson Middle School for a while. One of the one of the most amazing things I learned about that that uh, middle school boys are stinky. That <laughs> the Highland Park Middle School boys, which was me, so full of themselves. <laughs> Those Richardson kids were so nice. <laughs> Oh, I was like, oh my God, this school, North North Richardson Middle School. I was like, <laughs> oh, this school is amazing. These kids are nice. These kids are motivated. These kids want to sing. Okay, I need to keep going so Emily doesn't cut this. The question was, ask me. Well, what, what you answered my question. My question was, how did you get into private Oh, I, I got into private instruction doing that. Yeah. And then, that, so then the band dissipated mm-hmm. and I decided, okay, what I want to do is continue my performance career. Mm-hmm. I also want to continue my teaching career, and I have a lot of traction because from working at Highland Park and, and getting private instruction inquiries, I had a, I had a lot of traction that was going in a very forward direction in terms okay. of being a hot commodity in this community. Okay. So, and then I hear every, like you know everyone else being at other music studios being like uh not having the best time Mm -hmm. not getting paid that well so i was like okay well then i'm going to do it myself but also set up a company where i i get paid well but also you know i want to create opportunities for other awesome musicians Mm -hmm. to come and have a place where they can nurture their career and have both a good income from education be, being paid well for being a private instructor and also getting gig opportunities to perform, also being able to nurture their own career. Uh, so I, I see this company as an incubator in itself for, mm. for, for not just uh, great great students, but the great musicians that work here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my goal. And, yeah. and, and the last three years of my life have been, you know, when I went into this, I was like, okay, for two years, I really have to put the performance on the back burner mm-hmm. and just be a businessman, mm-hmm. you know, put this yeah. together, teach. And I've become so, so much more of a phenomenal musician during this time, mm-hmm. but in terms of working on my performance career, those two years turned into three. Because of COVID. Yeah, there's this thing that popped up called COVID, mm-hmm. and, and it, it just created some roadblocks. Yes. And, and some great learning experiences. But now, uh, you know, this, this company is in, in such a great place. I have so many incredible assets that I'm surrounded by. One who is to the left of me, 
and one is who is in the room next over. Yep. Uh, I was thinking yesterday at, at four o'clock, we got three lessons going on at the same time at the studio, just in the studio with people also teaching, you know, all around town. And it's like, wow, we're at one hour probably reaching five to six different people yeah. and, and affecting their lives. And it's like, wow, a dream come true. Yeah. That's great. It's really cool. I, this is a yeah. this is a really cool company as yeah. an employee. I Good. think that. And I think it's really cool that the goal that you had ha is becoming a reality and it's moving forward in such a way that you can continue to have more goals. Absolutely. Hope to influence more people, touch more people, mm -hmm. bring the joy of music to more people. Absolutely. Which is, which is the goal. But my, my greatest blessing, the thing that I'm most thankful for in my life is the musicians that I'm surrounded by, mm -hmm. this team. It is the team of, and, and as, as all of y'all are gonna hear walking through these, these interviews of all our individual instructors, uh, we worked very, very hard to put together a team of phenomenal musicians. Yes. We went through hundreds of resumes, dozens of interviews, mm -hmm. hard work. I have woken up many mornings frustrated. I have gone to bed many evenings frustrated because it is, there's one thing, it's, it's, it's hard to make a business. It's also hard to make a music business. <laughs> yes, yes, that's definitely true. <laughs> but it, I love it. It's just, you know, it's been a phenomenal journey. I'm so blessed to be able to, to, to even pursue this kind of, mm. this kind of career mm. and to be in the place that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited because I'm gonna go on vacation for a little bit um, starting tomorrow for about a week. And it's so wonderful knowing that I'm gonna be off and my company's wheels are just going to be turning. Yep. Because we these, got it. these kids got the show on the road, you yep. know, as long as I I do the right things, you know, lead them in the right direction and stuff like that. It, it is just a blessing to be here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really great thing. So to close, I'm going to ask you a, a couple of fun fact questions. Yes. So uh, it is I wash my hair about twice oh a gosh. week it, it's it's actually twice a it, week. Wow. It's, it, it's that I wash my hair about twice a week because I found that the best hair product is the natural oils that your hair produces you know my, most people most people I know that have like really curly hair they say that like my sister's boyfriend he has like tight tight curls mm -hmm. and he has long hair like longer mm -hmm. than yours mm -hmm. and he like doesn't wash his hair with shampoo at all because it, it it, it takes needs out so much moisture yes, that if yes. he if he gets rid of any of that grease, it Pre just like precisely makes yeah. his hair so frizzy. The, the, uh, uh, this has been a bigger pursuit of my life than being a musician. Has been <laughs> since 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 I was in seventh grade, figuring out hair product, figuring mm. out how to deal with my hair. I uh, until about two years ago went back and forth between short and long hair and now mm. since starting this company long hair is just, just the way to go just committed. it's a, it, it, it's also on brand mm -hmm. you know uh, well we've been talking about how <laughs> we we need to change our logo so that it's just so it's just my hair. hair so it's just my yeah, hair yeah and sort of like a blank exactly. kind of abstract yeah. face mm -hmm. yeah so, so so what i what i do now is that i wash my hair about twice a week and after I wash my hair, I put in a oil mm -hmm. and sometimes a curl serum. If I mm -hmm. if I if I really am trying hard, I will blow dry my hair with something wow. called a diffuser. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And, and that helps maintain the curls. Yes. Um, I've been asked many times, dude, you need to audition for Jesus Christ Superstar. 
And that's actually true. That's actually true. It would work. I think you just, you just have that, I think you just haven't hit hit an A, which I can do comfortably. Yeah, sometimes. you did it on uh, Miracle. Yeah, yeah, I, I can hit an A. Um, but anyways, so. So, so the, that's that, that's the hair thing. That's the that, hair that, thing. That, you know, I wasn't thing. going to ask that question, but I'm sure that some of our listeners are curious. Okay. So okay. Maybe we'll yeah. maybe it'll end up in the final. Cut. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, I, I saw it on your on your questionnaire. So. Oh well. Yeah. Oh. I I know we you're just kidding. It's it's on sheet. it's it's on. Okay. We're looking at a different sheet. Okay. So. Ask me questions. It's my experience that being a musician is a it's an unusual career path. Mm-hmm. And in that career path. Most musicians have had to have at least one really weird job to kind of make ends meet or expand their portfolio or whatever. So what is a weird job experience you've had on your road to being Rodman Steele 2022? Great, great. I I love that question. And my best response is that so many of my jobs have been in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as an interning with organizations that are creative, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I'll say that from the most primitive moments of my musical career to what I do on a daily basis as a owner and operator of a company with a dozen employees, I move so much gear every day. <laughs> I tie so that many so cords. True. I am picking up amps and That's moving true. stuff every day. I get a, a tiny little workout in every day just mm. picking up gear. That's true. It is a big is part of my life. I am looking at a cord mess, something that I have just come tr- had to come to terms with. I'm a very clean person. I'm a very organized person. When it comes to chords and musical chords, you have to just let something go. <laughs> you do. It, 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 they cannot always be neatly coiled. They cannot it always. Will not happen. They, they can. They cannot always be neatly laid out. Yes. They can't. And and it's it's something that it's very. It's honestly a spiritual awakening when you can get to that point, being like, Acceptance. you know what? Yes. Accept that it's just. It's just nature. It's just the yeah. nature of chords. Yes. It's just cables. We have to call them cables. Sorry, because mm-hmm. we get confused with the term power chords. Yes. Power cables. Yes. I've been the butt of that joke a few times. Uh, so that that is something very particular to me, and I do not see that uh, not being a part of my job anytime soon. No. And I don't really want it to not be part yeah. of my job. I enjoy picking up moving my gear stuff and moving up and it. down the elevator. It is. All. Especially when you're packing a car. I mean, mm-hmm. if I I don't play Tetris, but I'm definitely a car car loading a car of musical gear Tetris master. Mm, you'd yes. be incru- you'd be absolutely amazed how much I can fit into you know a car. I used to have a sedan even, and I could fit so oh much gosh. in that. That actually, so I have a cousin that played bassoon in high school, mm. and for a while he had a coupe. Mm-hmm. And so he would shove the bassoon in, like, to the back yeah. seat, through the door, yes. and it would be, like, mm-hmm. in his face while yep. he was driving. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a fun uh, time. A, a lot of people wonder, like, oh, my gosh, how do you put a double bass <laughs> in a car? And th- there's n- no car that you can't put a double bass in. Really? really? Well, uh, what all you have to do is you take the shotgun seat, fold it down as much as you can, and then you put it in butt first yes. with the neck up. 
into the back seat and then it in the shotgun seat you wow. have neck on the floor facing up wow you can put that in any car you any can, car it, you can put that in a bug I no swear. way no I, I, way I, I, I don't believe you, that uh, i don't believe it that's fine. I'll that's have to fine. look up the dimensions. You, you, you should, a three-quarter base. A three-quarter three, base. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There a, we a, go. A, a three-quarter base, definitely. Not a no, full-size. No one plays a full-size base. Nobody plays full-size bases, mm -hmm. unless you're really tall. Everyone plays a three-quarter. All right. Okay. So my last job, my last uh, question, question for you before we end this interview is, you've already mentioned a lot of the instruments that you play or have played. Okay. Of all the ones you haven't, Kay. What's one you'd like to learn? Sax. Saxophone. I thought you said you play saxophone. I, I took I took sax for a few lessons okay. when I was a kid, and, so then, and, then, and then I got I got braces with with the rubber bands, and oh, they were like, yeah, ah, yeah. you should you should probably take a break. Yeah. But I love playing sax. Other instruments, I don't know. I'd like to be good at singing. That'd be nice. Says the guy with the music. I'm degree. kidding. I, I'm I'm great at singing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, you know, sax was obviously the first. Sax thing is cool. That, that I would love. To I uh, my best friend in college was a saxophone player. He's still my best friend, but yeah. um, uh, I would. He would be like practicing. He practiced all the time. He's yeah. like one of the most dedicated practicers mm -hmm. that I know. And he, I would come up to him in the practice room, and I would like duck down so he couldn't see me through the window. Uh -huh, and I would listen. just, I would crack the door, and I would just put in the speaker of my phone with Careless Whisper. Uh, on and because he hated that song because yeah. so if you play sax everyone asks you can you play careless, you play whisper? careless whisper and yeah. so i would just crack the door and put the phone in that's and he'd be fun. like emily go away <laughs> that's fun that's awesome so that was my yeah uh, my thing. we did a we did a recital together actually because my recital requirement was 30 minutes and so was his because he was a year mm -hmm. younger than me so his junior recital was the same length as my senior recital and uh we asked if we could play Careless Whisper for our encore, mm. and it was unfortunately vetoed by the music <laughs> staff. We also asked if we could do Africa by Toto, yeah. and that was also vetoed yeah, by the that. music I faculty. Believe I believe you asked that, and I believe that was vetoed. Yeah, so we had to do The Swan instead by Oh, Hassan. that's a great one. On sax? Yeah, that's it's pretty. beautiful on sax. It, uh, yeah, Very it's on cello originally. Basically, anything yeah. that's on cello sounds good on sax. Yeah, that's cool. So. What, what, one thing that I don't remember sex enough to remember how this works, but mm -hmm. what, one thing that I could see myself just not liking is you think about the piano, and the piano, the design of the keyboard is so beautiful <laughs> and self-explanatory to a sense, as in, you know, it's down and it's up. Yes. And the same with the guitar neck. Mm -hmm. But the saxophone has buttons. Yes. And you know, I'm like, it's... It's like a different combination. You just gotta memorize note. a lot you, of you finger positions. Memorize a lot of finger positions yeah. instead of being like, oh, if well, I want to go up a half step mm -hmm. or a whole step, I just move down. I just yeah. do this, but it, I think it's a little yeah. more complicated. Than that. Yeah, but it is also easier because you only have to play one note at a time. That's true. This, I, I've thought about that. You know, be, be, being singing in the choir at at the Dallas Symphony, being like. Man, you know, when you're watching the people warm up, the piccolos is just so virtuosic. You hear them just go... But then I think to myself as a guitarist and, you know, as a pianist and stuff, well, that person all their life has only played one note. Yes. You know, it's it's very... Not that they aren't amazing, but just think about how Well, practicing practicing just ends up probably having a totally different focus. Yeah, because you're playing Thinking all about your tone and how quick you are and transitions... And just playing one note. That kind of thing. Whereas, like, 
practicing piano has a lot to do with just like memorizing every single right. note so that I remember awesome. to do all of them. I hope, but anyways, I hope you don't cut a lot of this because I had fun. Well, we'll see. This was a really long interview. <laughs> That's okay. That's uh, okay. All right. So thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, Rodman, You're for welcome. telling us about You're your welcome. experiences. Yeah. And we will catch you on the next episode. Okay. Send this out, Emily. Bye. Bye.